Welcome to today's episode of CLCI Live, brought to you by the award-winning and ICF-accredited school, Certified Life Coach Institute. Sit back, relax, and enjoy today's episode. It's another Tuesday at four. It's the last day in our relationship and report week or month. It's a month. We've been, it's been a month of doing this. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I'm going to turn it over to Jerome. Before I do, I'll, I'll introduce myself. I'm Brooke. I'm the chief operating officer here at Certified Life Coach Institute. And uh, I would love to it, love it for if those of you guys watching, comment, share, like all that good stuff. We are monitoring and I'm going to turn it over. To Mr. Jerome. Hello, everybody. My name is Jerome. I'm the lead admin and social media manager here at CLCI. Uh, kind of like Brooke talked about, we are going to be talking again about relationships. This will be the last of the series for the month. Uh, oh, thank goodness. We're breaking up. Done oh. <laughs> with relationships. <laughs> we're done with relationships. We're moving on. We're over it. We didn't listen to any advice we gave ourselves, and we're just over it. We're moving on. Yeah, we're CLCI live. And <laughs> we're breaking up. It's all gone. So we will be kind of wildcarding it a bit today. We'll uh, be having a little bit more fun with this one. We're going to be talking about questions you would ask on a first date. Um, not to spoil anything, but it may have some relation to coaching questions and coaching conversations uh, that some of you guys may be having with your clients. So with that being said, we have someone here today special to us and a special um, appearance. CLCI Anthony Lopez, MCLC. Hello, everybody. I'm usually hiding in the back end writing the blogs for the CLCI Lives, but I decided to uh, join you guys for the live this time. So this will be very interesting and fun to talk to you guys about first date questions and how we can make good first impressions. Yeah, this will be Anthony's second time joining us, his first official CLCI Live, right? Yes, first CLCI Live. I did do the um, the lunch and learn for the class I attended a week ago, something like that. Which was a ton of fun, I think. You guys should check that out if you haven't. That was, I believe, a couple, three videos ago, if you want to scroll down our video log. Um, did, you, did you just say a couple, three videos ago? A couple or three. A couple <laughs> or three couple videos ago. Relationship. <laughs> three is... Three also a relationship. It could be fun, you know. <laughs> or, you know, it's fine. They're all relationships. I'm not going to get all these parallels already. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, everyone. I'm Lisa. Welcome. Uh, we're appreciative of you guys watching. Uh, Brooke always says comment, like. Oh, there's three things. Comment, like, and share our stories. Um, that's it. That's all I got. All right. So, what do we what do we ask on a first date? Uh, well, so when's the last time? Wait, when's the last time you all went on a first date? I don't know. I don't recall. Let me check uh, my calendar. Real yeah. Quick. yeah, I don't. <laughs> I got probably almost I mean, forty years since. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. What did you do on your first date, Lisa? What, what were, were there restaurants back then? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm not even sure. I think we went around with clubs, <laughs> and they grabbed me by my hair and dragged me. Okay, yeah. This is deteriorated quickly. Started <laughs> off real nice with the insult. I when I think back at, at during the time 
that I did date, um, I was always excited to be asked on a date because I was very shy, very much an introvert, um, and wasn't a great, and, and my family will even tell you, I wasn't a great conversationalist because back then, you know, there's a lot of growing up I had to do and a lot of learning that I mattered. And so through that process of I matter, my voice became more stronger and more active. So first dates, Akash, you know, I don't even remember that I've really had first dates. We kind of all just hung out together as groups and then we paired off. <laughs> How about you guys? That is, I think we spoke about that a bit. I, I feel like that is what I aspire to naturally have, but my first date, my, my most recent first date, um, maybe maybe a year ago, uh, it was first and last. Um, yeah, it was, yeah, it was. What did you, what did you do? What we went to go wrong in, questions did you ask? I asked the right questions. Okay. I realized that I didn't want to take it any further. Um, right question. Question being what this person kind of enjoyed, what they like to do. Um, there wasn't a whole lot of depth. Uh, she, she got me in because she was a cute girl. Uh, there wasn't a whole lot of depth to the answers, though. I'm sorry to whoever this girl is. <laughs> um, could you I'm not naming any names. Name for I'm not naming any names. Viewers. I'll tell you guys after we're done going live. But okay, I'll, I'll <laughs> we'll put that in confidential for now. She signed an NDA, so I can't. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I won't include her name in the blog either. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I mean, I think uh, for the most part, when you go on a date, you kind of start asking what they do, what they like to do for fun. Um, Usually that kind of spirals into what they do for a living. Uh, their background, uh, you just really, I, I think what I try and do when it comes to first dates is try and find some parallels that would ultimately allow us to have a good time together if we decide to go ahead and move on to a second or third date. Mm -hmm. what, what would be, um, I think you approached that a little bit last week, Jerome, what would be uh, the, what would be the rose? <laughs> that would allow you to go on a, a second date? Um, ultimately, I, really, I think morals, uh, which I think come out in, in your languaging when you're speaking about what you do and the types of things that you like to do, um, if those align with mine, I think that is enough for me to go ahead and move on to that next date um, and then hopefully dig a little bit deeper. But I think what I'm really looking for in a first date, which again, this I'm, I'm not on the dating path at the moment, but uh, once I do, that's that, that's very important to me. I want to make sure that our morals are aligned. Um, if that isn't being checked, then uh, quite honestly, it can't work. It, it wouldn't work for me. Which is a really deep question to ask, right? On a first date, what are your morals? What are your values? Which Again, it wouldn't be an interrogative type process. It'd be oh. more of a explorative, hmm, again, what do you like to do? This sounds like something I would enjoy doing. You know, as long as you're not 
you know, into like beating people up or something like that. That's definitely a good check in my book. So man, Jerome, we're not gonna be able to hang out. We're <laughs> <laughs> just like, well, you know, that's, that's fine sometimes. <laughs> Maybe she's a UFC fighter. You know, that's cool. That's cool in that space. Yeah, that's okay. That's one of those times that you can beat yeah. people up. Yeah. What, mm -hmm. what about you, Brooke? What's a first date that is a successful first date that gives the rose to the second date? I've never had one. <laughs> <laughs> Never had a successful first date. Is that what you just said? Um, well, I don't really want to talk about it. <laughs> we don't have to talk about it. We have Anthony here. We can probe him finally. I'm in the, oh, I'm in the, in the good season. Someone's at the door. I got to go. Um, so I think the last date I went on was like a week, two, no, two weeks ago. But I don't typically go on dates like blind dates where like I'm just getting to know the person that very day because the people i usually will ask on dates you know i'll kind of either work with them for a little while or know them for a while or i'll be kind of friends with them and so the rapport building and the questions kind of come out then but there's no real stakes at all and there's no real intention either at that point so i can usually decide before then if i want to you know ask this person on, on a date and then I usually keep things a little bit lighter than Jerome. I don't really ask what's their morals on the first date, but um, it's usually from there, I'll see, you know, what they've got going on in their lives. You know, what do they do for a job? What do they do for their free time hobbies, especially? I like people who have diverse set of hobbies and like to do a lot of things if you, end up just watching TV when you go home after work, I'm probably not going to be interested in you. Um, that'll probably not get a second date. But I think it's also important too, like what kind of intentions do you have going into dating? Because Jerome's intentions might be a lot different than my intentions, which are probably different from everyone else's intentions, you know, who are going on dates. So that kind of sets the mood for what kind of questions are the right questions, because, you know, what's right for me might not be right for someone else. I really think we can I, so when I say I, I've not been on a lot of first dates well it's because a lot of I do we all have a vetting process I have a vetting process absolutely I do um and uh I tried online dating and it was just the most terrifying thing I've ever been through in my entire life um <laughs> uh just everybody was a liar everybody, I mean I swear um See, I, I'm five foot nine in my profile but I'm <laughs> five foot eight Oh my goodness. No, but it was, it was extreme. But my dad, it's funny though. So when I was going through the process of online dating, he gave me some great rules with it. Like he was like, go out with them during the day, go on a day date. If they are drinking a lot on the date, you probably don't want to take a date because <laughs> um, <laughs> you want somebody who's taking it seriously. Right. Um, and not like getting wasty pants. Um, and then of course he said, go out during the day because you actually get to know a person better in the daylight, basically. Um, which I can, you can see that, right? I mean, people are a little different during the day than in a bar or um, at, at dinner. And it also keeps it a little light too. Um, you don't have to, like committing to an entire meal can be a big deal. Like that could be a long period to be stuck with somebody you don't want to be stuck with. Um, and I have probably made the worst mistakes a person could make when it comes to first dates. Uh, like I've done, I'm like the rule book for everything you shouldn't do probably, <laughs> but I've learned <laughs> maybe, I don't know. We'll find out. Um, 
<laughs> also, I don't really, I don't like dinners as a first date, mm-hmm. mostly because, you know, like, if you're just trying to get to know the person, Movie. what are you going to talk about? Like, you're talking about the food that you eat, and, you know, it's like the same thing. I've never understood, like, going to a movie on a date. Like, those are bad first like, dates. Like, what are you, you're not going to get to know anybody while watching a movie, except for maybe if they're obnoxious or, like, <laughs> you know. Do you guys spend time on the phone with the people that you're potentially, so, my annoyance is that it's texting it's always a lot of like the, that texting back and forth or the messaging and everybody texts nobody t- gets on the phone nowadays <laughs> and it drives, I, you know i'm better on the phone that's a relationship to fail because of texting and the misreading uh, not misreading but misinterpretation that's the word mm-hmm. you can't there's no tonality right? so, so people will read attitude where there was um perhaps a joke uh, so they would have heard the lilt in their voice differently than if it, if they were the, the tonality, you can't hear the tone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've got uh, those emoji yeah. things now that help <laughs> people understand what that emojis doing what they can to keep relationships together. <laughs> well, we, we, there we never go. Been a good emojis thing. right there. Right? Yeah. At least there you go. <laughs> Anthony's throwing up some emojis. Uh, (laughs) We message all the time and we kind of misinterpret, I'm sure sometimes. Um, And we know each other. So to have a, you know, a a lengthy text conversation with someone who you hardly know is, it's gotta be bound to be misinterpreted. Not only that, but okay, from a marketing perspective. So for me as a marketer, as somebody who's been done sales and marketing, um, I know for a fact, it's a really a lot easier for someone to, BS me via text or via email. It's also easier for them to click me closed. It's also easier for them to ignore me. Um, whereas when you're actually on the phone with somebody, it's it's a lot harder for um, people to, to just sort of shut you off or shut you out. You become, when you actually speak to a person and have a verbal interaction, you become an actual human being at that point. Until you actually have that talk, you're just a digital version of, of not even a person. I'm, I'm serious. Like that is the mentality. It feels like a lot of times is that people aren't people until they actually talk to you on the phone. Well, and, and I think it is even still one step further and you still don't really know that person until you start spending time with them because still they can give a best version of them. Oh yeah. It's, you're only getting a small window. Well, and then to the other thing, um, I used to, whenever I wanted a job, like whenever I wanted anything to happen, um, I would always make a point not to just email, not to, but to go down, physically be there and be like, put myself in front of them because doing doing that, you'll stand out. You're going to be more, far more memorable than somebody who just sends an email or somebody who just sends a text is getting yourself physically in front of people. Um, You, you again, become human and leave an impression. Absolutely. Back in the day, not I never did this because I've been in a relationship for a really long time, but I had friends that went through um, Great Expectations was the group name that you would go into the building and you would flip through <laughs> photos and read <laughs> their profile. It's, <laughs> wow. So, I mean, that is like, uh, the, the, what is that? What is the swipey one? Come on. <laughs> like the old school version um by the way Leticia walker hi Leticia walker hello <laughs> um, you're talking about tinder brooke tinder thank you that is like you know or, or plenty of i mean any there's dating. so many yeah, i don't so even many. want to go into the dating app I don't even. <laughs> you know 
Um, but, but we were talking about dating, but really this is about making a good first impression, right? So this is about how do we make a good first impression? And this can be applied to being when you're a coach as well. So how do you make a good first impression for your clients? How do um, you make a good first impression when you're putting yourself out in any environment as your professional self, right? Um, thoughts? authenticity um is probably one of the biggest ones and also that applies to dating very much so because sense of humor i think is going to be a really yeah. important no well it depends it. it depends on what kind of coach you are i mean maybe it is, i mean yes and no but maybe some coaches need to be serious uh all the time even though you, i think humor is wonderfully infused anywhere but um, well, i think at a moment there's mm -hmm. appropriate and inappropriate right mm -hmm. yeah yeah um so when I just meet a client, I can be different in each instance. Like there was one time in an older office that I was at, I had just had fun with the last client. We were laughing up a storm. So the next client got to reap some of that benefit. <laughs> and I like scooted them over. I mean, I, you know, sideswiped them and scooted them over. And I go, hey, how you doing? you're coming in what's going on <laughs> you know so just carrying on that conversation based on who i am but there must have been some sort of feed from them that that was okay too based on um some interaction i have which was probably on the phone first yes i was going to say what i want to do is take this to let's let's first figure out what is the first and when does the first impression start Really, because it can, if we're talking on a coaching stat, status, the first impression can start way back. I mean, in any case, really, you, you're, you may not even know. <laughs> the first impression goes like both ways because you have your first impression of the client. Like coaches shouldn't just take every client that wants to go well, to them. Like there should be a vetting process for the clients you want to have, but it also goes both ways where the client is, you know, vetting you. And your first impression, their first impression, you know, sets the tone if this relationship's going to work. Like if I... It's the job interview mentality yeah. where if you're going in for a job interview, you should also be interviewing them back. You're, you're not just there to answer yeah. questions. You should be asking your own questions as well when you are in an interview situation um, and, and flip, flip the tables on them, you know? Um, <laughs> but it's true though, if, if you walk in the door and I have the confidence to ask you back with, you know, okay. So ask you questions back, put, put, put you as my potential coach or my potential employer, uh, um, through your own interview process, it can, it, 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 it definitely, um, gives an impression of something. It gives you, I mean, you, you have the confidence to do it, right. It makes you appear like you're not, uh, needy or uh, desperate in some way. And this can also all apply to um, dating as well. <laughs> so I, I um, don't have that thought process when I'm with my clients or just meeting them. Yeah. I, well, yeah, I, I, was talking I know some people do. I know some people, they really do put have an importance on, as we're calling it, the vetting process. Mm -hmm. I, I go, I'm just interested. I'm just interested in what you have to say. Um, I don't know if this is going to work or not, but I don't even have that thought. I just go with, let's do this. Mm -hmm. um, but you, each of you need to know who you are and what works for you. And that my way doesn't necessarily mean 
that's the way you as a coach should follow through. Mm-hmm. But we, I mean, again, as a coach, we're always, we are always curious and asking questions, right? And we are also listening for those moments that maybe a referral out is, is uh, warranted. Maybe, you know, as things come out and our clients open up about who they oh, are, we, sure. we're going to be learning a lot of information. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Definitely would refer a couple because I'm couple. Sorry, the dogs are going cuckoo. Uh, that needed additional assistance beyond coaching. Absolutely important. Or if they needed financial planning, I'm not a financial planner. Um, that's a licensed profession. So I'm going to refer out for that as well. Um, but thinking about even as, as we're transitioning from the dating con- conversation, if I were dating, I would not have the same behavior as I'm in the, let's just get go, you know, let's get going into the process. I think today, if I were to start dating, I'm definitely going to interview them because I can't let just anybody into my world. Not today. I, I've just moved to Colorado, creating friends. Mm-hmm. That's the whole thing. Because of COVID, that's where I can take it. I haven't made any new friends mm-hmm. here because I'm, you know, as m- mostly sequestered in the house. Periodically we go out, but there's no group necessarily, new group gatherings that I am. Um, familiar with but I'm also in a new area and I don't have a lot of time so it would be if I were in dating important to find out those questions like Jerome was saying what are your values what's important to you share with me what's what goes on in your heart well and it's I will say that friend thing especially during COVID and I mean for me I'm already because I tend to work so much and I, I'm home um and I had to, I, I started hosting trivia to find friends to like get out and meet people. Cause it was the only way I could figure out to do that. And, um, uh, I'm so grateful for it to the nth degree I am, um, because otherwise I probably wouldn't know anybody, but even now, how do you meet people? How do you, and finding friends, uh, the older you get is more difficult, especially if you're working a full-time job, especially, and then trying during COVID, even the friends that I did have, even if I was fine, like, let's go do something. A lot of times they're like, I'm not gonna go leaving any house. Nope, no. Nah. <laughs> like, so, so you find. I mean, you find yourself alone a lot of the time. I mean, I was. I would say about 365 days in a year, I was home alone. About 330 of them. <laughs> so, um, so even then, at that point, it's like this question of not even how do I make a good first impression. It's like how do I even meet the people? How do I make an impression? To meet those, to meet those impressions. <laughs> mm-hmm uh because there's nobody you can meet then what's the i know making impressions really isn't your biggest concern but that's where the virtual thing i mean it has been so very helpful this virtual environment has been something that that for me i don't think i'd be alive without it i mean i'm sure i would be but i wouldn't it it has in so many ways sustained my sanity um Mm -hmm. and not having it would probably would have made me i'd I'd probably be crazy it'd be great gardens over here uh right now (laughs) so when you're in the place of trying to meet someone new let's take it in the dating world we can take it to the coaching world in a second in the dating world what is it that you would want that person to know about you on that first date Hmm. 
to know about me. I think it's important that they understand kind of how your schedule works. That's, I think, a big one. Um, I think a really big turnoff for a lot of people would be kind of assuming that they don't want to talk to you because they don't want to talk to you rather than, you know, this is this is how my schedule works. I'm busy at this certain time. Um, I think it's really important to kind of let that be known early on so that it is understood that it's not that I don't want to speak with you or I don't want to, you know, go somewhere with you or spend some time with you. I think it's important to say that this is my, this is what I have to take care of before we can move on to that. And it's not that, you know, I, I, I don't, I hate your guts or anything like that, or That's I'm a terrible a, communicator. So it's a boundary. Open line of communication too is, I mean, that's huge. Uh, that being able to communicate, this is my expectation, or this is my, this is what's going on in my life. Don't take it personal. It's all good. <laughs> um, and then moving on to the next thing. I mean, there is so much, there's a tremendous amount of relief that can be given in that moment. Um, Letitia Walker says, by the way, uh, depends where in life you are dating. In my single days and looking for a new avenues to meet people or just someone to share adventures with, after dating for a while, I was looking for a life partner. I wanted more of those quite uh, those quiet, intimate moments where I, hold on, there's more, <laughs> where I could hear the other person's soul speaking rather than I'm fun and spontaneous. <laughs> um, so, I mean, that's really, it's, it depends on where you're at. In your in your life and in your space and what you're looking for i mean of course that's sure. timing is everything um yeah sure. uh as my dad see i have a theory of, it's it's a working i have theories about everything <laughs> um but uh in truth arranged marriages work a lot of times they last for very long periods of time and the couples are very happy they don't even know each other prior to it. um it, it, as you've said commitment is key in, because you can you can fall out of love, you can um, fall out of trust, but you can find those things again as long as you're committed to coming back to doing so. Mm -hmm. um, so I feel like any two human beings that are committed to making something work can probably make things work. I mean, barring extreme situations, uh, absolutely. But but if you're willing, you can. And so in that note. I could almost go on a date with anybody and it could work out. Who knows? <laughs> you know? yeah, the philosophy I have about coaching is I can coach with anyone. I can coach with anyone. They just have to decide that this is what they want to do. And that's the willingness, right? I'm doing the profession, the couples coaching. I already decided that this is what I want to do. So I'm exactly. It's, I mean, it's a matter of willingness and, and both people have to be on board too, or, or, you know, or all people, if you're polyamorous or, you know, <laughs> um, <laughs> well, that's, that's where the, the value thing comes in as well. Like both, I, I would assume for the arranged marriage in the best case scenario, <laughs> the, the goal and the sort of end goal is that we're go we're going to be married and have a family and that's what that's the goal that we're committed to mm -hmm. uh, which is nice to have like that clearly defined goal and we want you know smart goals for coaching as well we want clearly defined goals and clearly defined boundaries and when you have a setup like that in arranged marriage it solves a lot of problems um where a lot of relationships are very kind of fuzzy and you know yeah. you don't really know where it's going and sometimes you get the talk of like what are we and you don't really have an answer to that um well there's a live experiment with these things that you're talking about um uh 
it, it's a TV show. I'm trying to think of it where they get married and they have to stay married for three months. 90 oh. days of. Yeah, I think I've heard, yes, yes, yes. And, I and it, it's reality television, so I immediately, I'm just, I'm, yeah. I'm, I can't believe that's going on. <laughs> I said, I should watch this because I told her who I was, blah, blah, blah. And I'm watching and I got sucked in for one season only. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So arranged marriages in the US are- 90 day fiance, that's what it is. Completely different, I think, than when cultural, when we add different cultures around the world, they're accustomed to that. Yes. Mm -hmm. Philosophy, whatever you would call that. We in the United States are not used to that. And I didn't see the, the one time season that I watched really any successful relationships one was okay as far as I knew but so do you have to be raised in that philosophy in order to have an arranged marriage do you think or well I mean I maybe I would say so that's what I was going to ask I was going to sort of ask this question one of the things we do we are inclined as people as people in general to do is to feel like everybody should be pairing up. Like everybody should be in a coupling situation. Like that's the natural course of action, but not for everybody. Some people don't are don't need the coupling thing. Some people are happy uh, being in many couples. Some people are, you know, there's there's all different kinds, but a lot of times there is, I mean, especially me um, as a single woman, I have, um, it's weird. One, I don't have children. So I get a weird reaction. Like you're missing out on something. <laughs> um uh but I'm okay and I'm you know and then uh the other thing is a fabulous that, auntie so it works yeah is in the other side too is is uh well, well is she okay if she's not in a relationship if she's not and, and there's this this concern that happens sometimes with people where, where I might be just a, this miserable woman because I'm not paired with somebody but that's not necessarily true at all uh, for me, because I can, I'm very independent in many ways, and I, I like my freedom <laughs> um, uh, in many ways. And so, mind you, that doesn't mean there isn't room, but um, I'm not, I'm not miserable alone either. So I think that it's, uh, it's interesting that we are inclined to, people should be in a couple, people should be in relationships, and, and that's not necessarily true either. Um, I know a lot of people that, that aren't, I know people that I, I mean, never have had anything of that nature and they're perfectly content to each their own right we all have our own needs that's where coaching and i guess you know dating relationships or marriage relationships are separated where you know it's so culturally ingrained to you know get married or be a couple with someone it's not really so culturally ingrained with like the you know uh, coaching client relationship that's you know that's not well there it is and it isn't i mean What's interesting there is there are stigmatisms around pe certain people and certain co uh, cultures asking for help um, with regard to getting coaching. Oh, okay, no, you do make a good point then too. Um, and so there are people who who you know it's a sign of weakness. It's a uh, things of like that, and it's not. It's actually I think a sign of great strength to be able to ask for help or uh, to hire a coach. Um, it's being able to identify what you need to improve. Right. Yeah. I see more people of different cultures saying these kinds of words. I, I'm here to support you. I'm not, you know, going to be the therapist. I'm not, so they're sharing how they can help someone 
I'm going to say blossom, which is not the right word, but blossom out in their own world. Time and time again, you have different, um, stronger belief systems, not stronger, what's the word? I'm <laughs> Not US belief systems that have to really follow the criteria. And sometimes they will cross our path. I've had many people from different cultures come in that I had to learn what is acceptable and what isn't acceptable so that I could coach them within that guidance. So that's part of what we would do as a coach, as a, as a someone seeking um, potential partner, how would cultures work into you potentially being a couple? Well, and I, we've even embraced this in when we did, uh, we've, we've done um, classes for uh, groups of people that were of, of different cultures from different places. And um, while in our classes, we would normally handle something very, a very specific way. In this case, we would have to hand, we would handle it in one situation I can think of in specific, we, we kept the women and the men separate just because it was, it was going to be far more productive and socially acceptable in order to keep the genders with the genders um, in this situation. And it was, it didn't ruin anybody's experience. In fact, it, it enhanced it. And it was us taking a moment to be respectful of um, the, the, the culture as well. I wanted to ask a question really quick. Um, so a client comes in a lot of, there's a lot of misconception uh, which is true in everything around what life coaching is and clients come in and they expect to be told what to do. Like, okay, so you are going to fix my life. Right. But in that first impression moment, a coach is going to say, no, <laughs> right. I'm uh, not the case. So how do you manage that first impression? Um, breaking the news to your client that, uh, no, I won't be giving you any advice in this session. I'm sorry, <laughs> um, Lisa. <laughs> yeah, in fact, that has come up a couple times because um, someone in that relationship wanted really that advice and what they were looking for <laughs> is an affirmation that I agreed with them. Mm -hmm. And that's you. Um, but what I, one of the things, I mean, every time I talk, it's a little bit different, but basically the concept is of course I've got opinions. Of course I've got, I've got all of that. That's not appropriate here. I don't live in your world. I don't live in your life. Let's discover together what works best for you. But so I'm going to just again, but I don't, I obviously don't know what's best for me. I'm here because I need your help. <laughs> and, and that's a fabulous question. What share with me more details about what you do know about that experience. What is get them talking? <laughs> yeah, you just get them talking. Just get them talking. Just um, get them talking and sharing about what and how did you feel with that? What happened that you felt that way? Where do you think you wanted to feel? One of the reasons I asked this is because I have um, I was speaking with a student of ours and she she was saying that well how do I tell my clients that I'm not giving them it? I mean, they were so, I mean, it's, this is a heartbreaking moment that happened in the class. It just is the moment that we let all the coaches know that, that you will not be giving advice. Um, and, and there's always a large handful that are like, what? <laughs> what am I doing? All, of, <laughs> all of my value in the advice that I give. <laughs> um, Everybody loves that information. <laughs> Love it but, because it's going to be honored to them 
because they, they love it. Yeah, because they already know what your answer is going to be when you give it, right? Um, is what that is. Uh, when if the people I ask, I call it which I we were just talking about not cursing on, um, <laughs> but co-signing BS is what I call it. Is we go we go to whoever we want to co-sign our BS basically. Um, uh, so if, if this is, a, I'm going to go to that person, the person's going to co-sign with me. And so that I can feel like justified and whatever it is. Um, I mean, not necessarily, you, you may very well be, but um, that's just, a, it's a term that I uh, have used. And uh, it's in many ways true. We go where we want the answers. We, we're not going to go, I mean, maybe unless we're into that to like the person that's going to give us the really tough, like hard long talk about what you're doing with your life <laughs> we try to avoid those for the most part um, and so you're going to go to the ones that are going to sort of co-sign your your bs with you <laughs> which is what you're not doing as a coach you're you're trying to get them to decide hopefully as well what they want it doesn't come as a surprise to your clients when they first talk to you that you're not giving them advice it does, though, I'm told. It, I, mean, I, 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 I would guess that it does. But also at the same time, we, um, you know, talk about this in marketing, you know, sometimes when we're talking about, like, what's your elevator pitch or how do you present yourself, um, giving that first impression, you know, we don't want to explicitly say, I give advice or I do this or that, because that's just not coaching at that point. Um, I want to say but, hi to Jennifer Snyder. She said truth. <laughs> um, and uh Letitia Walker said uh you explained that they are part of the solution that's mm -hmm. one of the things that you do yeah. well. but that's that weird that first impression thing though Anthony was bringing up the um how do I uh resolve okay so I've got all this experience I've got all these things and um and then you're putting that out there but that's really that's what that first impression that you are giving when you're marketing yourself and all of that knowledge is important it's not that it's getting thrown out the door it's that it's helping you have a better knowledge of what questions to ask right um so so and it's important put that out there you want to you want to establish trust by saying hey I've been through, I can do this I've uh, but once the door shuts it's about the client and their knowledge, right? At that yeah. point. I think a really good transition in this space would be letting them know I'm here for you to help you empower yourself. So ultimately you don't really even need me at the, you know, at the, the end of our, our relationship. Um, and, you know, I, I hear that kind of being used as one of the better ways to segue out of that conversation, that question of, um, well, you know, you're here for me. I need you to tell me what I need to do. And again, I think a really good way to approach that is letting them know I'm here to give you, to help you dig into yourself and find that what your power is, bring that out so that you can use it when I'm not around and you have the ability to, to get through your own muck and, you know, live your life the way that you ultimately would like to live it. Yeah. I mean, because it comes down to how many of us like to be told what to do and follow it. <laughs> I'm laughing because... I don't. <laughs> it depends on the moment. Sometimes if I'm I asking for it, if I'm like, I don't want to just tell me what to do. <laughs> I like clear direction. If I'm asking somebody where they want to eat for a date, just tell me where you want to eat. <laughs> don't make me I, guess. I just, so those are different circumstances, yeah. right? There's that dating. About pulling someone, pulling information from someone. We're talking about a different kind of relationship where we have the give and take and flow of that process. In coaching, 
that's not necessarily the same same process. Just tell me what restaurant to get. Just tell me what to do. Give me the to-do list. Because, I mean, I, I know that when I have that list, I may follow it for a temporary moment, but. Oh, you're going to, you're going to, you're not going to follow my honey-do list. I thought you loved me. <laughs> We're witnessing the destruction of a relationship right before our eyes right now. I don't even give my husband a honeydew list. No, yeah, no, and nobody listens to me. I'm always telling you guys what to do. Nobody listens. I don't see the eye rolling that we do. Um, oh, Jennifer Snyder asks uh, a rookie question about clients. How do I put healthy space? Well, first and foremost, don't worry about rookie questions. This is not, we don't need to label this. This is just a question. Um, how do I put healthy space between me and, and my clients? I had, a, I had a client develop feelings for me. Oh, yeah, boundaries. Yeah, big one, yeah. <laughs> you have to really define those boundaries and even talk about that. You know, say sometimes it can be misunderstood that we, clients can feel close and, um, they may, you may feel some things that you haven't felt before because maybe no one else has ever, you've not experienced that with them potentially. Um, we are professional here. You just always maintain that professional boundary. And if you have to remind them, you remind them. And I wanted to ask Jennifer, um, if, if you don't mind sharing, um, how did you find out they had developed feelings for you? Um, how was that shared with you? I mean, it might take her a minute to respond, but. <laughs> Lisa as well, like just listening, being listened to is a form of validation and some people never get that. So mm -hmm. they don't feel heard. They don't feel. Understood. Oh my God. They we don't. try not to like explicitly like validate, you know, every five seconds, but like, you know, just being passive and listening might be, you know, the validation that they are very much lacking in their lives and, you and know, can't really help that, but. It did my, I mean, and it doesn't necessarily mean that that something bad has happened. If that happens, if they've developed, it's not like you. It's like, oh my god, you don't have to. Re this is a kind of a natural thing for people to be like, I feel comfortable and safe and myself here. I don't feel like this anywhere else. Um, Let's uh, talk about how you can get that some out there, out there. Yeah, mm -hmm. take this with you, you know, and then we we bottle it up and say, what is this? define it yeah and but of course always make sure you have your own boundaries defined in oh, there okay. yeah in that moment okay. as well uh, okay. he told me he shared uh he, he he told me he shared things he hasn't shared with anyone is what he said and she she uh mm -hmm. uh he told her is how do you feel the same way back Letitia walker asked <laughs> well, yeah and that's what you just go oh i'm i'm you know thank you so much i'm honored that you shared this is your coaching session. This is not my coaching session. This is not a relationship where we're building a relationship for it to go anywhere. And I appreciate, you know, just reset the boundary. It's going to be awkward. It's going yeah. to be awkward. It's a lot of reasons why really, some, some coaches will choose just to coach the same sex. I mean, for, for this, I mean, this is a reason. refer out. Yeah, and that's what I was going to ask. You can also, also refer out at that point. For if, if, and I would ask them, are you comfortable continuing? knowing, you know, feelings will not be reciprocated. Uh, this is a professional relationship. 
Um, and then it, depending on like, give them the space to think that through and, and then refer out from there. And then also ask yourself the same question. Am I comfortable proceeding knowing whether or that they have uh, those, those feelings and that this will remain a professional relationship? Mm-hmm. Um, no matter what, you do not uh, go there. <laughs> there are so many people even in the licensed therapy world that have lost their licensure because they went down that path they said this is the person for me too and when they crossed over to that side guys anybody that I have investigated this with do you know how many relationships survived Jennifer says thank you for sharing this is kind of embarrassing this happening no it is I mean I just you have nothing to be embarrassed about first and foremost this is something it's a that, great question it's, it's a great yes absolutely People. and it's not it's something that a lot of coaches deal with and it's something that so thank you for asking and also there's no you did not cause this you were coaching you were being a coach there's not nothing that you have done or to be embarrassed about so please please uh um no embarrassment here <laughs> i mean unless you're comfortable being embarrassed a lot of <laughs> do experience that they're not quite sure it's, it often is a big topic in a class that we go down when we're interacting with that so it's you're not alone <laughs> well and again I, I really want to drive home it's a natural occurrence because just as Anthony said this may be a situation where this person is the uh, it's the only space they can actually be their their true selves their whole selves their and that creates vulnerability. It does. And then if you create a safe space where they can feel trusted in that vulnerable state, it's a natural thing to get for an attachment to form. It just is. And it may not be, they might be mistaking attachment for, for feelings. There can be a lot of things going on, especially if you're raw and you're in a space. But And, and so that's why it is something you can work through. It just, uh, you have to sort of identify what you're comfortable with, what the boundaries are and, and and, it's and not uncommon. We work through it. It can successfully uh, successfully get to the other side of that awkward moment when you have to reestablish that boundary. It it can be just fine on the other side once you break through the awkwardness. I just Letizia says it's a human response when someone touches your soul. Yeah. Um, what are you saying, Anthony? I was going to say this is also unintentional dating advice. This is what we want to happen when we're dating people, but. You know, not when coaching, but, you know, <laughs> dating someone, you know, get personal, get deep, be vulnerable, you know. Open yeah, up. and then you'll, you'll yeah, form a connection. You'll fall in love with something, I don't know. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah, I remember a time as, as, you, as we're all talking about one of the classes I taught way back when, it, it was a hilarious moment. It was a serious moment. The conversation was this, serious, but it was hilarious because everybody kept building on like a comedy, but potentially all of that could happen. And so while we were being humorous with the responses, we all came up with different ways to set that or reset the boundary so that each one of them could feel more secure with who they were in their position. So practice it. Can we each, can we each take a turn of breaking our, the boundary and then setting the boundary? <laughs> Lisa, I think I love you. <laughs> I was really concerned that you loved me too much. <laughs> so, has been said. Um, again, making jokes, but this is a serious subject. I mean, it is something that happens, and it is 
Also, I will say too, if you do not feel comfortable, if in some way it is making you feel uncomfortable, if they are crossing other boundaries, refer them, end them, stop it. I mean, I mean, because because you have your own personal boundaries as a human being, your basic human human boundaries. And so just don't you don't have to because you're in a client coach session with somebody does not mean that that you have to allow for any of it to be crossed and And this is not necessarily only about them like falling for you this could be inappropriate other bullying kinds of behaviors that you're experiencing from clients now it doesn't happen often but even not often means it happens once in a while for people you do not need to retain a client that's causing you grief i'll take absolutely i have i will fire clients i have i have fired clients because they are difficult i've also um okay this is gonna sound terrible i have also taxed clients who were difficult clients because i know that they're going to be more work and now this is not in the coaching space this is in a consulting space and a design space um where i just know that it's going to be a lot more hand-holding it's going to be a lot more uh or they're just not nice human beings and so okay, I'll work with them to a degree. And then eventually I'm just like, I'm not doing it anymore. I don't, I don't need your business. I can't, um, it's just too much. It's too much work to have you to work for you. Um, uh, but I also, in the same note, boundaries extend beyond just personal space. If clients aren't paying you, you don't have to see them. If clients aren't respecting your time, you don't, you can, those are boundaries that should be set. And they, 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 are in a professional space as well, you, you know, the, the reason there's an appointment, all of these things, and it goes into your contract and your client coach agreement. Something I work with my clients on is, is what are those? You got to fill those things out, figure out what your re- return policy, figure out all of the, you know, refund policy, all of that are, those are boundaries at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, Jennifer, Jennifer Snyder says he's a great person and he takes seri- she takes seriously the sacred space of, of the client and coach uh, space and wants, she wants to continue to help him grow. So that's that's lovely and and just be very clear with him through it and i i bet you guys do great honestly i have a question do you guys think there's a space where someone as a coach may also see this person as someone they'd like to get to know do you think there's a space where that can fester where that can continue to grow where it isn't unethical or uh in in way of harming that relationship as a coach client would you say after the coaching um, relationship has ended, like let's say you're on a three month contract, you know, you're done. Maybe it's been like a good couple months or, you know, maybe even longer after that. And the relationships now is like, we don't coach anymore. No, not even then. Yeah. Latina Walker says, nope. In the therapy world, they cannot see anybody outside for two years. Now, the thing that I know about my coaching is I've had people come back to me four years later. Now, if I allowed, uh, like there was the, there's several couples, but there's especially this one couple that I really liked them a lot. (laughs) I thought they were amazing couple. They're just right up my husband and my kind of personality and style. But had I crossed that bridge, and became friends one they would have lost their coach they would have lost their safe place to go and share whatever it is that they needed to share they most likely would not have gotten another coach because of that experience so i will honor that space forever 
because of that. It's one of the things, Lisa and I have had this conversation where um, when, when, I, when I started work at CLCI, I said, I'm, I'm not going to I'm not going to develop friendships with students like, you know, close. It's not saying we are family and we are here, but we will always exist in a professional space um, simply because that's where it should be. And, and um, uh, it's bad business in my mind. Like that's what goes through my head. It's just bad business because there's so many things that can go awry. Um, and, and, and also if you're looking at your business as a whole, so as a business a business coach, um, if you're looking at your business as a whole, um, one little thing that can become something so big, right? It can, if you, if you expose a side, if you have one night where you're maybe uh, behaving or acting in such a way, all it takes is one person that is your client for that to go everywhere. And that can be bad for business everywhere, you know? And so, it's, it's, um, it, it's, it's, it's kind of like teachers who had their own Facebook page and showed their drunken pictures. Yeah. yeah. You just don't, because you want to maintain, and now that's, you, you may have that other side to you. There's nothing wrong with that other side, but you, you, you want to put your best first impression forward, right? You want to maintain that, that professional impression. You, um, you, you have far more to lose than you do have to gain with those kind of things, um, essentially. Uh, now have ha, ha, has have do people break these rules yes do they um does it does it always end in disaster no um but i'm gonna give it a high statistic i'm gonna say 99 percent of the time it's gonna end in disaster mm -hmm. are, are there some truthful experiences of course you know but at the end of the day i risk it <laughs> well this relationship is really important to me Okay. There are, no, that's, you and have that's to go get yourself a therapist and or a coach. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That first. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, and that's the thing too. That's that very small uh, myopic thought process. This is, which is, it's romantic in many ways. There's only this one person, this one, you know, and this is the one shot. This is but the it's one. a lopsided relationship. But is, yeah. And it's not a healthy, it's not start. It didn't start in a place of equality. It didn't start in a place um, of, 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 of shared intention either um and so it just it's it's a bad idea <laughs> we'll say it's bad show that bad answers show. your question Drew. <laughs> i know you said so, great though thank you for that question that was a fantastic yes. question we're we're about done um uh, i took the conversation to a different place but i saw you all on here and i was like sos thank you so where did you take the question or the, the conversation i'd love to oh well today that's what you mean i see I was thinking in the session, I was like, where'd you take it? How did you handle it? I'm curious. <laughs> You're a little nosy. No. I am nosy. Oh, well, you know, maybe she's got some great insight that, that we, that we yeah. have to share. So. But Jennifer, we love when you guys interact with us. Yeah, please, yeah. please, please. The more questions, the better. We love you guys. Um, thank you guys so much for watching. Uh, so last thoughts, final thoughts, uh, everybody? Um, Anthony? Oh, what? I, th I think we spoke about yeah, a few different things. <laughs> Make a good impression, you know, by knowing what your goals are and sort of <laughs> communicating that with the other person and setting, you know, the intention. That is, which is a brilliant point. Uh, just like we do in our coaching sessions, we set a session contract. What do you want to accomplish today? Maybe try that out on your date. <laughs> and, and I, I think this kind of wraps up all, like all our past topics this month too, which is, you know, that we've done since the beginning of the year too, with, you know, 
how to set good intentions and goals why do we communicate in the same language with our relationships um what was last week what did we do last week fighting with fair uh techniques uh well you know that's when you're in oh, the relationship yeah. really quick you don't want to fight conversating with yeah. walker says um i do i do see exactly what you're saying one bad night however uh the one bad night however i just like cancel society we could be give given give grace um about one bad choice or night and i agree with you completely i i, I completely agree that that our past actions do not define us we are whoever we choose to be in this moment and uh, to allow the grace and forgiveness of people um, of be for being human. I completely agree. That's one of my favorite words, grace. So is, that, is that reality though? Unfortunately, no. Yeah. <laughs> There's a corollary to that. We can extend the grace, <laughs> but as we can very clearly see, you know, we're probably not going to be the recipients of grace a lot of the time. So you have to keep that in mind. Depends on where you're doing. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. Also, though, you can always take the attitude of, you know what, it happened, one night happens, I'm moving forward, the people who, who get it and can forgive me, that's, they're the ones I want, <laughs> so it doesn't matter, so um, it's, it really, it's, uh, we all make mistakes, we all have a one night thing. Well, um, and to follow up with what you're saying, Anthony, the set the intention for a date, I say yes. I mean, you don't have to call it, I'm going to set the intention for our date. Yeah. What's your intent, right? I, I'm here to get to know you. You just open up that dialogue. I'm here to get to know you. I want you to get to know me. Let's ask each other some questions so that we're um, utilizing our time, enjoying yeah. our tea. Yeah. I think that that kind of allows me to give my final thoughts and saying that when it comes to first impressions and questioning and relationships, um, I've probably said this uh, over the course of the month. I think it's just really important that the more you know yourself, the better you understand how to ask questions and figure out what you truly want and which direction you wanna go in with these relationships and what, what, what have you not. My goal is to give the worst possible first impression. So it's all uphill from there. Yeah, uh, that, <laughs> that, is, that is foolproof, I can't say. <laughs> <laughs> um that's the bar so, low and you'll never be disappointed I'm good to go <laughs> i'm just gonna come coming in crazy that's what i'm doing <laughs> um, okay, thank you guys so much for watching um out there we are certified life coach institute we certify coaches in three days and we are award-winning at what we do before i sign off i want to mention next week we will be starting a challenge, um, but we will also be on starting the challenge, which we'll probably have to go live again this week to talk about a little more, Jerome, maybe Thursday. Yeah. Um, but we're starting duality month next week, which I'm excited about. And first topic will be empaths and narcissists. So that'll be a, an interesting topic. So um, I have, oh, have St. Patrick's next month. Oh yes, I've already got my I've already got my outfit. I'm already I set. I forgot about getting the my... day of our people. <laughs> um, so uh, thank you. You are a narcissist. Watching. We will be talking about you. <laughs> to watch. <laughs> uh, comment, share, like, all of that good stuff, and check out Certified Life Coach. Coach, coach. I can talk. I swear. Certified Life Coach Institute. Thank you guys so much for watching, um, and thank you for all of your interaction and your amazing questions. We appreciate it. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning into today's episode. Once again, this is brought to you by Certified Life Coach Institute. We're an ICF accredited school 
who certifies our life coaches in three-day online intensive courses. In addition to other podcast episodes, feel free to check us out every Tuesday at 4 o'clock p.m. Pacific Standard Time on YouTube or Facebook for our CLCI Lives, where we get together and discuss various topics that are centered around sharpening your skills so you can become a better certified life coach. For more information, feel free to visit us at certifiedlifecoachinstitute.com. Until next time, be well.